0: Before I get to today's episode, I want to let you know about episode 300 of BitDepth, which will be live. On March 19th at 7pm, you can watch me squirm amid the barrage of impossible questions that I subject my guests to. Then, you can ask me even more questions right to my face, challenge my contradictory beliefs, ask for my stance on controversial topics, find out what my favorite video game is. More details in the description. Theme music! family is a consistent theme in your music. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not so much like, why is that? We know family is important, but like, (laughs) uh, yeah. uh, Still, yeah, why?
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, I think, so the family, like my immediate family that I grew up with, um, I would say is like Malcolm in the middle level, dysfunctional, like, some stuff, I look back and I'm like, yikes. Um, But also a lot of love. And um, yeah, I think, like, I think in my early 20s, one of the things that I was having a lot of trouble with was um, just kind of grappling with like how different my friends' childhoods were than mine and um how like where to go with my relationships with my brothers and my mom and dad and um yeah and i think there just was like a lot of stuff all at once um uh, my mom got sick with like a lung infection and then she got breast cancer and my dad was an alcoholic and my brother was doing heroin and um, it just was like all at once.
0: Yeah. Uh, my mom had breast cancer as well. Um, she is still alive. Uh, so uh, like it is, an amazing miracle and my mom's a superhero. And so, yeah, I know what it's like to have a parent go through that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It It's interesting. Cause like, I have a hard time writing about myself or even like my own life. Um, this album that I'm working on right now is it's called hypothetical and it's all just like stories and like, yeah, I don't know what's so hard. For me to like, write about myself, because it's not like there aren't stories, but it's more of like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable enough yet, being like, you need to hear about my life, or something like the, yeah, the, the imposter syndrome or of like, Am I wasting your time by like putting my music in your face? Like the thing that every artist has to go through. And like, I I'm happy with these songs that I've written, even though they're not necessarily there are some in there that are like tangentially about my own life. But it's like I'm hiding it in stories. Right.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally.
0: Yeah. Like how you, I guess, get over that hurdle (laughs) because i'm still there
1: (laughs) yeah well that reminds me of like what authors will say about like a memoir versus fiction where they say like there's more of themselves in the fiction than there is in the memoir (laughs) like just it's hard it's weird to look at your own stuff and like put it out in the world because You only have one side of each interaction, Um, but it still counts, (laughs) you know, like your, your view. Um, A really powerful moment for me was watching a clip of like Conan O'Brien and they had like Patrice O'Neill on who is this comedian and um, he was talking about how his mom did something like hit him and his like siblings or something when he was a kid. And it was like really funny. And Conan O'Brien was like, Oh my gosh, like, is your mom going to see this? Like, are you okay? Like saying that? And he was like, she knows, (laughs) she knows it happened. She was there. (laughs) And that moment of just like, being like, like I, in my house growing up, like so much wasn't talked about. And it was like, that is like really normal for people to like, not talk about hard things and to pretend like they didn't happen. And, um, yeah, I, and I, I mean, it's normal for any kind of relationship, you know, like classic like roommate situation gets like really awkward because you are like living together with basically sometimes a stranger and you have to, you have to like deal with the way that they make mess and the way that they make love. <laughs> and it, Like it's right there. And, um, yeah, I just think that, um, like I, I came to really like having real conversations completely in the open and the people who also like having those conversations I'm like oh we're really close now like super quickly and I I luckily have um like two aunts and a cousin who can real talk with me about you know like my family and whatever and it just is like i kind of brought that into once i realized that that makes a big difference i was like oh like i would like to do that in my art as well
0: yeah uh that is actually exactly why i have this podcast like
1: yeah (laughs) the
0: the whole point is to have actual conversations rather than uh, the facade of a painting that we're putting in front of ourselves and so yeah i mean the and that's sort of the point of the questions themselves and why we're trying to like i am intentionally forcing you to deal with these deep concepts so yeah
1: um they're great questions you do a great job (laughs) (laughs)
0: um and then comedy comedy is a big part of your person not even just like your art but like who you are uh so I guess like what is your approach
1: to that (laughs) I um that was like a third a third interest of mine that I was like really split between um when like graduating college I was like oh I like art. I like music. I like comedy and none of them pay. (laughs) 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 And I found myself, I did, um, I last year school, I did stand up a handful of times and, um, I had a weird, it wasn't like traumatic, but I had a weird experience with another comic that made me very uncomfortable and not feel safe doing it there anymore at least. And um I started doing improv comedy at um Improv Boston, which is now closed sadly. But um I I I think I I went there for like 2 years and I just went to like the drop in classes because we were touring all the time and I could never go consistently enough to go to the paid classes and um yeah I had a a blast it felt amazing um also like comedy compared to music like being on stage especially stand-up was like it was a crazy experience I um had one particular like three minutes or something that like it it felt like the biggest like adrenaline rush ever like, and then, because it was such a short amount of time, I wasn't really exerting any like extra um energy like playing, and it was just like there's no setup tear down, <laughs> so it was just like three minutes, all the adrenaline like was focused at me, and Then I just rode my bike home so fast. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, yeah. So I, and I I love, I have loved like a lot of comedians over, over the time. Um, Especially like uh, Sarah Silverman and Tina Fey. And um, I love Amy Schumer. And I love, I would say one of my top, 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 top Maria Bamford, just amazing um she just a side note uh she did this super badass move where um her college that she went to asked her to speak and she asked for a certain rate and they denied her and then she kept negotiating with them until they gave her her rate which was like Pretty reasonable, but maybe a little out of their comfort zone. Um, and then she talks about it in her speech <laughs> about all that. She just brings it all up, her negotiations, everything. And then she gives all of it to a student in like the arts <laughs> and who had a lot of loans. It's just so beautiful and um yeah. It's just totally badass. Um oh, but yeah, I I love comedy.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's an interesting sort of like manifestation in the way that like it specifically like comedy embedded in music or embedded in art is like, you know, the the niche becomes far smaller and and it's like, you know, you got Demetri Martin, Bo Burton, Weird Owl, and like the, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> list. This
1: D. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but like the Yeah, I guess what do you use to like balance it? Because I I think in your music it it's never um unintentional or like to to avoid something in fact that like the comedy only confronts the thing better than if you like confronted it with like the pure gravitas that it needed you know um so I guess yeah like do you intentionally balance that or it's just like I gotta throw this joke in
1: (laughs) uh I I feel like I feel like less and less funny (laughs) lately and um I think that's like a lot due to like the state of of the world and um yeah I I think that it's kind of shifted from less like joke oriented and like especially like shock humor like that's not really where in the world is at or at least some some of the world um, and um yeah I I feel like the thing that hit that is like super soothing and funny still um these days is kind of like Joe Para. do you know Joe Parra talks with you
0: I don't know Joe Parra oh,
1: I'm so jealous for you to uh, <laughs> explore um So he has a show on Adult Swim and it is wholesome as fuck. (laughs) It's so beautiful. Um, He like, the episodes are like him going to a diner, him going on a walk, him like going to a wedding. Like they're like super normal things that like he both like finds the beauty in and the funny in and i've just i've seen this a lot where recently the wholesome thing is going over so much better than it has like my whole life (laughs) um in media like i think people need comfort and the kind of extra drama that like you know america got with like Breaking Bad or something like does not fit this moment anymore. And um, it kind of makes me think about like what it would have felt like in the 50s or something after World War II where people have seen a lot of stuff and they're ready to just like have something nice and not be dramatic. And obviously like you know, all the years since then has been kind of like a backlash toward that idea of like, yeah, well, here's are her nice, you know? And I think like so many movies and shows and co- comedy has been like, like a, re- a response to that. But I think kind of being in a time where it's really crazy um, and possibly about to get a lot crazier, we do need like a... A hug yeah. <laughs> all of us <laughs> yeah yeah uh
0: it's only been like two hours since i've talked about metamodernism for you listeners uh so <laughs> 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 um do you know about metamodernism Has, like mm-hmm. okay so it's it's the like what now follows post-modernism and we are in the era of metamodernism and honestly i think that like what you make and what ben makes what uh trust Fondozu makes like uh, we're this is like meta in in its whole is that like it's not just about critiquing the state of affairs um which is what postmodernism was all about but it's more about like acknowledging the water we're swimming in and so like the metamodernism is more about like acknowledging the systems at play that we are within rather than just critiquing the systems we're noticing the systems themselves and so uh something that happens a lot in metamodernist media is that it like one that it acknowledges itself as what it is uh but it also intentionally fluctuates between uh sarcasm or satire and pure uh sincerity and that it's like it's not about you know pretending like you're above it all it's that like we are in this and some of it is funny and also like terrifying And instead of, you know, what would have happened maybe 10, 15 years ago of like, whoa, shit's fucked up. Let's just like laugh about it. Now it's like, shit's fucked up. Here we are. We're all fucked up about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Now let's laugh. Like, (laughs) and so (laughs) like it's, it's less about trying to avoid it or make fun of it, but literally just be in it uh, and be sincere about it. And so um the there's like two moments that i think about um and i think the youtuber just right talked about it or maybe nerd writer i forget who it was but uh the there's a moment in spider-man 2 the sam raimi one uh compared to the moment in dr strange which is like basically the same like thematic moment which is in dr strange he like puts on the cape and he's like Let's do this thing, basically. But like then the cape like starts wiping his face. And that's the movie being like, haha, we can't take ourselves too seriously right now. Whereas in Spider-Man 2, it's like Doc Ock comes and takes Mary Jane and he like is now realizing he has powers and he like, you know. Puts on his glasses, can't see, and throws them down. The, the glasses hit the ground in slow motion. You see like him clench his fist, and it's like real. And it's like, yeah, this is the powerful hero moment. But it's not ironic. It's not being like, oh, this is too cheesy. We can't like hold on to this moment. It's like, no, we're actually in this thing. And so I feel like metamodernism is doing both at the same time. It's not trying to laugh away the sincerity. It's trying to just be in the sincerity when it exists. And so Bo Burnham's Inside is like one of the biggest examples of metamodernist art. Um, Sufjan Stevens, in a way, also is like a metamodernist creator. Uh, Childish Gambino and all this sort of stuff is like acknowledging the thing while also doing the thing.
1: got it okay
0: yeah so you've been doing it all this time
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I guess yeah yeah that's kind of like I think how my brain works a bit
0: yeah and and I mean like the the song that played at the end of last podcast like show you like there are levels of that you know being like funny about it but it's also like fuck you (laughs) like sincerely fuck you
1: (laughs) yeah for sure yeah
0: and and that's what like i'm all about these days metamodernism like i'm looking at everything through a metamodernist lens uh nowadays because it is uh far more useful than just critiquing uh media or critiquing government or critiquing critiquing whatever in a postmodernist way, but like, hey, what are the effects of this thing? How can we look at it really if we zoom out more? Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't know how to like turn that into a question. Do you have thoughts about that?
1: <laughs> um well thank you for explaining it to me. I feel like you did a good job. Yeah, they, I feel like the Joe Para especially um the way that they handle the pandemic um also it like it feels like really along those lines. Um yeah, I I also yeah, um I think I think like especially hearing like Ben's thoughts about like the, and like Adam and Amy Nolte, like Adam Neely and Amy Nolte, like the people we know who are our friends who like have to be in the YouTube like algorithm world where they have to guess what will be liked and how much and how seriously because their livelihood depends on it um i feel like uh that whole way of thinking makes like first of all is like super unhealthy because um it's it's just it, it's obviously you know like it sucks, (laughs) you know, like having to predict like a thumbnail and a title that will get people to just watch your work, um, that you worked on really hard sucks. And, and then also it's super unhealthy, but there's no other like great alternative at the moment. Um, so I think the way that Ben like has made his sweetie cuties on um you know on TikTok and like have just like making something high effort but like no real lesson or like no real like I'll give you a quick tip like no sleekness that is like the the thing that everyone is trying to do like feeling like you're kind of out of the main river of everyone trying i think can really feel like for your soul like you're doing a better thing but it also is like a lot less predictable or like way less of a it's more of a gamble than if you were just doing the thing that everyone else it seems to be doing the um like video essay on blank, you know, this week, next week, you know, and yeah, even just like the amount, you know, like YouTubers put out things or people post on Instagram or TikTok, you know, like there's like, there has to be all this like intentional, like effort in just like figuring out not only just the art, but how it can fit in this system and like be seen. And that is something I don't know yet if it's making us better artists or (laughs) worse artists or just like a completely different species, you know, than what existed a long time ago.
0: Yeah. I was I was talking to one of my brothers about that like this morning actually of just I don't, there, there's a lot of good things that come out of social media. There are like good communities to be a part of, good, you know, ways of experiencing things that are happening in real time and stuff like that. But I don't know if the other emergent properties of social media outweigh those benefits because it seems like. Twitter is making us worse people. It seems like having to keep up with the algorithm so that people can see our things on Instagram is making us worse people. I think that uh having to photoshop a thumbnail on YouTube just the right way is making us worse people. And in a in a strange way like by intentionally like not playing the game while still playing it like, might be healthier, which is what I I think that, yeah, like, you and Ben are doing. It's just like, here's a thing. We liked it. We made it. Here you go. And instead of trying to, like, play the game, which is just going to make us unhealthier, let's just do a thing and put it out there. And hopefully people like it. And it turns out that people do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I think kind of back to your question about the future. And one of my thoughts is that, like, you know, like, I feel like you can kind of connect the dots with our, everyone's relationship with their phone and their screens and social media and just be like, well, they're only going to get better at (laughs) taking our time, you know, like they're like these, companies are only going to like make that stronger, make us be on there longer and more outraged. (laughs) Um, And uh, I I think that there will be like this time where people want to go back to, you know, like early 2000s version of technology where you have like a separate device for music. And you can only play music from it. You can't access the internet. You have a separate device for GPS. You don't, you can't access the internet. It's just for that. And um, it's like the idea of like, you know, like intentionality of like, you know, like I think all of us experience all the time the like, oh, what was I going to do? Like, what did I start this Two hours ago, I was gonna do something, and because it's all in the same place, I was also reading um, the recent Atomic Habits, and um, in it, the author is describing how because like you can't have a place and a time and an intention between like behind your relationship to your phone and your computer and like you get all jumbled like it's all these different contexts all these different versions of you all these different conversations you're having where you're being one way with one person one way with another shopping at the same time as you know and it's it's like we're definitely not made for that and like there are things we can do to kind of tease them apart and be like, I'm only going to use this device for these things. I'm only going to use this way. But I feel like even that is kind of beyond our willpower. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. But I don't know, like part of me thinks that there might be a way to like, still do it while also like giving it the finger like, <laughs> and, and just like, Hey, like I am doing this and also like I'm only doing this because you're forcing me to. Like and and I'm seeing that more from like people higher up on the like totem pole that like have worked in the system. So like, I don't know, Charlie XEX is like doing posts where she's like the label is making me be on social media right now, so here's your post. Like <laughs> yeah and it's like all right well cool like (laughs) um but i mean even charlie xcx is just like as a whole is kind of that mistake anyways and like the uh also just hyper pop i love hyper pop uh (laughs) but like yeah i don't know if kind of going back to like metamodernism is that instead of just saying that like social media bad like we can also be like social media bad on social media like (laughs) and like telling social media itself that like hey get off your phone or like stop scrolling and go outside and like sure like consume this media that will inspire you to go and do your own thing now like close this and do something else now (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think, I think at this particular moment, I'm much more like, I'd like to make something that makes someone's time scrolling a little bit better, maybe get off of it. (laughs) But also like, yeah, I, I, I do think we're like, there's going to be like a breaking point, I think, where we just like, have to not do it if we like still have enough willpower to say no like and yeah we're yeah we're not there yet obviously but I just it's it like the twitter making people worse is like the most clear I've seen like of like in my friend group people like taking a break and being like oh my gosh I was, I was so lost, the world was so dark, and now I'm here, and it's fine, and I feel great. And <laughs> It's just like, I've never, like, been addicted to Twitter, and I'm very grateful for that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I like, it's going to be, like, a weird uh, rabbit hole that I'm going down, but, like, I, I didn't have Twitter for a while, but then I, like, had to redownload it so that I could, like, message a band so that they could get paid because of like the nature of my job um and so like I had twitter again on my phone and like you know as you do you pick up the phone and start doing the things that are on it and then like I don't know 10-15 minutes later I'm like closing it being like that sucked (laughs) And you know, it's not intentionally being like, "Oh, I'm gonna find something to look for that will upset me." It's like, no, it's like, oh, I'd read a, th- a thread and then read the responses and like read what their those replies are. And it's like, man, this is not going well, and why why do that to ourselves? And <laughs> so I mean, we we can intentionally do the opposite and like put content out i hate content but we make content uh (laughs) that is like hey have you stopped to like smell things lately Uh, uh and that is far better like it inspires us to not click on the next suggested thing (laughs)
1: yeah just the the whole like it's not a surprise that all of those companies like have worked really hard to keep you there and will do anything uh show you any any kind of thing um however upsetting to keep you there um and it, just like on a humanitarian level, like the fact that people have to see a bunch of really really fucked up stuff um whenever it's flagged um is it's really dark, and it's super like I think while you're on there, you definitely aren't thinking about that, and or I'm not at least, <laughs> and just yeah. It's, um, it's pretty, it's, it's just kind of disappointing, I think. Um, but there was this one, uh, TED talk that Ben showed me, I'm forgetting his name, but there's like a person who is like really involved in Silicon Valley. And, um, he's an older fellow who, um, talks about like, having like all these you know utopian conversations with friends about like where like the idea of Facebook will go before it went and um his whole thing was because the ads are free and driving all everything else like they're driving you to be you to stay there which means that they're going to encourage conflict um, I feel like has so directly led to this point in time. And it's awful. And if just like Google was you pay instead of it being free with ads, um, the whole thing would have shifted in a completely different configuration. And it gets you know a little bit tricky because it's like ooh, you're gonna make people pay for. The knowledge that everyone should have and have access to when it's more like just you're paying so you n- aren't being fed ads. And like that's the biggest difference. And yeah. So yeah, I like that concept of being like, well, I wonder at this point, they've already done it with so many like, like, um, you know, sh- like shows and. Netflix and HBO with the paid subscriptions, like I would be interested in like a, um, like a social media version of that where you aren't just getting angry randos telling you things that, you know, like saying like racist things or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, And I mean, the, this is something that I, think about a lot and it kind of goes into that metamodernist idea but like complex systems have emergent properties that determine the tendencies that exist within those systems and so uh, I always explain that idea of mine through like music theory and it's like our seven note major scale has the half steps between E and F and B and C and that creates harmony as we know it just because of those half steps Um, and all every chord progression that we've ever heard is like hinging on the fact that those two half steps are where they are and in whichever other cases are where they aren't (laughs) specifically and so then how we do that in everything else it's like the emergent property of Facebook being like, we need you to see more ads. So we need you to be on it more. It's like, oh, conflict drives engagement. And is there a way to just tweak the algorithm to say like, hey, let's feed you content that just makes you excited and happy for other people rather than uh, driving conflict. And so, Like, I don't know. I don't know if that would be like a Monsters, Inc. Sort of like, oh, laughter is more powerful than fear. Uh, But it's like, yeah, what if the algorithm was then tuned to like people being excited for things, which I guess is like what TikTok is a little bit more like where it's like, hey, let's show you just more stuff that is like cool and interesting and that kind of uh engagement is you know people just being like wow that's so cool or oh let me show my friend this instead of being like I hate you and everything you stand for and (laughs) you don't exist uh (laughs) um but like I don't know if that also just has a separate emergent property of like the internet then becomes all cat videos, like the early phase of the internet as well to where it's like, yeah, good engagement is, you know, people being excited about things. And so it just devolves into like empty, vapid uh, neat stuff that doesn't have any like substance or something, but I don't know. There are engineers and scientists and coders who have been having these conversations and get paid far more than I do to think about that. And then they're like, no, you idiot. If you do it that way, then like d- Singapore will lose 30% of its income or something <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's just, like random other emergent properties that happen from these things. A friend was recently telling me that like RuneScape an online game is mostly Venezuelans doing like, the uh, mining for like certain things uh, for like certain resources and like selling it on line like and like a large part of like their economy is coming from RuneScape people being hired out or like you know people in Venezuela being hired out to play RuneScape for them and it's like RuneScape as like an organization is like well, we can't change the way that these things work because then Venezuelans will not have money. Yeah. It's it's just like a strange thing. Like I was born in Venezuela and like I came to the US in 2001. So this is like a really strange thing that I actually didn't even know about my own country. But like uh, (laughs) the, yeah, I mean, everything has like, Giant other emergent repercussions that come from it. And like, I don't know if any market or any system or anything is like willing to change without having those sorts of repercussions, anyways. And so, if like, if we all just stopped using Facebook, like, what would that do in the real world? You know, if we all just stopped using Twitter or TikTok, like, what would that do in the real world? Would it make would it actually make the world a better place or would there be all these other, like, you know, down the hill effects that it's like, Oh no, my like entire livelihood is gone because I uh, am one of the bots that is sowing uh, arguments in Twitter.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Or just like, I know I, um, I got in really into like, um, furniture, like, I guess, like, a lot of, like, furniture flippers will, like, make YouTube videos on how to, you know, like, just strip the wood and sand it and paint it. And um it so many of them, like, all of their work is, like, through Facebook Marketplace. And it's just, like, I'm sure it could all happen somewhere else, but that's where it's happening right now, so it would totally suck for a lot of them for probably a lot of months they would like really change their income before something like really reliable comes up yeah yeah
0: and that's kind of like what the, the premise of like the good place was of like everything is complicated and you can't do a single thing without it having like a whole bunch of repercussions and so it's like just because you bought lettuce at the store means that like you're supporting millions of industries that thrive off of slave labor or whatever and it's like well i can't not buy things <laughs>
1: yeah and and it, i think it very easily becomes the like well what's the point point? and i feel like that is a super dark place because you can, it can make a difference. It is just small and just is like also not ideal. Like the places where the biggest change needs to happen is like with these like big industries. But like in the meantime, while, while they are still being funded and lobbied and stuff, like we can like by the whatever else that supports whoever else and m- make that change. And I feel like that it does matter. It just might stink how much it actually matters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. The phrase uh, "act uh, act locally, think globally comes to mind, which is like, yeah, do something in your community that will eventually impact the rest of the world but like yeah literally us ourselves like can't do anything about the rest of it and maybe the, that's one of the like illusions of social media is that like it makes us think that we are impacting something greater because it is like you know reaching more people but like there's nothing I can do about The war in Ukraine. And I'm not going to say or do anything about it. Like, there's nothing I can add to the discourse that will make it any better or worse because I'm a musician in Oklahoma. Like, (laughs) and so, like, yeah, I can, like, maybe donate some money, but, like, you know, I'm also a musician in Oklahoma and I need, like, whatever money I can get. So, like, you know, sure, what's the point? But also, like, if I make my community, my family, my like the people around me better, then that at least is a small fraction of the world that is better. And if everyone does that, it can maybe trickle out. And sure, but it's like, what can we do? And so yeah I mean a a big source of depression probably does come from the fact that we are seeing everything all the time and we can't do anything about it it's like yeah no one was ever actually ever able to do anything about it but like now you're just seeing (laughs) now
1: we know yeah (laughs) (laughs) now we know what's happening and we yeah I I think it's also like I feel like there's not any standard of like something being like someone having too much wealth, right. There's, you know, people will say like Jeff Bezos made this much during the pandemic. And if it all was donated here, it would make this big difference. Right. But like the, the truth is like that doesn't like all of that money that they're talking about is like tied up and like, it's not like someone could just get all of that at once. Like it is kind of a fake amount to just like grab and do that with. And it, but it, I also have never seen any like normalizing of like, I personally, I have too much. My cap is this number and I have more than that. So everything past that, I donate. And also like with the, norm of like just people donating in the US like i think it's something like lower middle class donates the most and it's so it's so interesting but it there like there should be like a percentage for everyone who can eat and sleep there should just be an amount that we all have that we donate and we should all have a cap, whether we'll never even ever get close to it. But, like we all should like come up with like how much is too much. And I feel like that idea in our society is so like, I feel like I was 28 before I even heard anyone <laughs> like say like, oh, you could have too much.
0: Yeah. Yeah careful there you dirty communist uh but like, <laughs> uh but yeah i mean like universal basic income is a thing but also uh it is a a idea that is being talked about like in the small small circles of like the richest of the richest that are just like what if i did donate like all of my stuff and it's like yeah but like when i die <laughs> and they're like no one wants to be like the first to like yeah do the sacrifice but it but it also makes no difference like the statistics show that like having above a certain amount of money doesn't make you any happier yeah. uh and actually even more than that actually makes you less happy yeah and so uh <laughs> but we humans are are weird organisms and like we we don't think about numbers in the right way because our brains aren't wired for it uh (laughs) and so but like yeah what what does enough look like and what i mean just even the the concept of like enough isn't really even explored a whole lot because like yeah we we've been raised on this like, Excess. well, keep going and yeah. get more because yeah, obviously <laughs> that's, that's what it is, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, um, in that book I'm reading, uh, Braiding Sweetgrass, I just read a chapter, um, it's called The Honorable Harvest. And it talks about how like in like indigenous cultures, like in with a crop, you take less than half and you don't take the first and you don't take the last. And it's just like you know, uh, I guess when like colonizers came and they saw people not taking all of it, they're like obvi- they were like what like mind blown. Like of course These you have to are take it all. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just like um yeah, and I I think it's like really, really ringing a bell with me. And like, I feel like I personally am still very much in like bunker COVID mode when I go grocery shopping. Not every time, but like a lot of the times I like get enough food for like a month. And like, it's like, I I won't go shopping, you know, for like, two weeks or something but like also the produce then runs out and it's just like i like yeah it just has made me look inward a lot and just like at what i think is normal and what like really really putting a lot of effort to not waste um is like a whole thing that i've like basically never explored and it's not like i'm like Wasting trucklets or something, but it matters, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, two things that you reminded me about the uh, braiding sweetgrass book. Uh, have you ever read uh, Joy Harjo? Um, uh, she has a book called Warrior Poet, and uh, but like she is another indigenous uh, poet musician. Uh, cool. So, Joy Harjo, check her out. Okay, uh, but then another thing that, like, I think like literally yesterday i was uh i've been listening to a parable of the sower by octavia butler and um like in part of the book the main character is talking about like no the world is messed up and we need to like figure out how to live off the land before like everything falls apart uh and i i've had this idea of like not really this idea i've heard about it already and just like been thinking about how to make it happen of like suburbia has a massive amount of wasted yard space that could just be food space. Uh And it's like, how much would it cost to just like have someone like use up my yard for food space? And it's like, you can take what you need to like sell at the farmer's market. And then I'll just like, have enough for like my household because like anyone who has ever had like a, a nut tree or a, a fruit tree knows that like whenever that like whenever all of the apples fall off this is way more than you could ever consume in one household yes. and so like yeah you're like going to your neighbors and your friends and be like please <laughs> take all of these apples um and so if like everyone did that we would have a completely decentralized agriculture market um and it's a thing that actually exists like people are are doing that and is uh like there are communities of people that like do their own growing but there's also like people that go around and just like farm in other people's yards um and it's like i'm not sure what the term for it is i like talked to a friend of mine about it but like there's like woofing which is like people that like kind of just travel around and act as farmhands um and just like only get paid for by like hey can i like stay at your place or like park my trailer in your yard and then i'll just do all the work for you um but like there are these things around it exists or you could you know find someone that like can teach you how to grow stuff yourself and it's like yeah i don't need you to like come and like pick everything like grow everything like maybe just come in like every other week just to show me like what I'm doing right or wrong or whatever
1: yeah like what's a weed like show me what what is bad
0: and yeah like these things already exist and like if you live in a city it probably already exists and we just don't know like what to look for and yeah so I mean it's not that there's no way of doing it. Uh, I think that a little bit, it's more of just like, we don't know what to look for, or we haven't even thought of the idea of like, what that would look like.
1: <laughs> Since we moved almost every day, throwing away like, like the, like, stuff that could go in a compost. I like, I'm like, ah gotta start one and like I yesterday I was looking up like like the types of worms and like they're like special worms like they're not even just like normal like earthworms they're like these like manure type of worms red wigglers I I read and it's just like huh who knew I'm probably gonna get a bunch of worms shipped or go pick some up at a store and it's like oh yeah it's Especially crazy, like, um, uh, today, someone, like, talked to me at the grocery store, which was, like, not (laughs) a normal occurrence. But uh, he was saying how, like, um, uh, he's, like, talking about gas and saying that it's going to be $10 a gallon. He was just listening to the radio. And I felt like as I was driving the prices were like going up and I don't know if it was, it was just like the particular road I was on, but it is like with, with this like war, you know, it just like, I was trying to like imagine what it would be like if gas was that expensive. Like, would we still go on tour? Would we, um would I go and visit my friends um, an hour away? would, you know, like, what does that actually mean? And it's very crazy. And it's ever, never too late to uh, start the compost in the garden, I think, is <laughs> basically what I, what the conclusion I got was like, <laughs> I got through <Sure>. this. <laughs>
0: yeah. And also, I mean, you could just like, even without the compost, like you can just throw a banana peel outside into your garden. <laughs> like it's not going to hurt anything or anything okay. like you can just do that's that that's a good point point. and yeah. nature will take care of it like <laughs>
1: <laughs> or my dog will at least sure yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and I mean yeah like my wife and I do that all the time like if there's just like produce waste that we're not using it's like oh no like the bread went bad and it's like alright
1: whoa
0: start outside birds will get it like whatever <laughs> that's
1: good to know okay <laughs> I I will do that
0: right because I mean what good what is it doing in the trash you know
1: Uh, i feel like um the same part of my brain that like 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 can really like figure out what to recycle also like just thinks ridiculous things about what should be trash you know like it's like going back to like kindergarten training just like ah like no like i yeah like why would you throw the bread going bad in the trash like that's a much better idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last thing. Uh, what is something that you're watching, listening to or playing or whatever that you want other people to know about, whether it's just like stuff that you're into or stuff that your friends are doing or whatever. Yeah.
1: I feel like the the biggest things are Joe Parra talks with you and how to with John Wilson. Both shows. I think both the uh Joe Perry talks with you has 15-minute episodes, and how to John Wilson has like 23-minute episodes, I think. And so they're both super short and just like they're really different from each other, but they're um they both have influenced me a ton. And um yeah, like like Significant life changes and like ways I think about um, like how to celebrate have come from Joe Perry talks with you, and um yeah, so can't can't recommend it enough <laughs> uh,
0: Jessica, thank you so much for doing this with me, yeah, once again, where can people find your things
1: uh we got we got a patreon. YouTube uh, for Justice Cow, both of them, Justice Cow is the name. And um, Spotify, Bandcamp, all that, you know, the streaming places. My music is there. And on YouTube, if you look at my playlist, you can see uh, the animations that I've done, which are um, like the most, like more sweat and blood have gone into those than even my music so <laughs> if you have the time
0: yeah uh yeah i think uh, people underestimate the amount of time that it takes to like do a single frame of yes. animation
1: <laughs> oh oh yes i'm getting and my armpits just started sweating thinking about it <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah once again thank you so much i'm santiago Ramones.
1: Just, just this cow, just this <laughs> <a> cow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, what song is going to play after this?
1: Uh, future.
0: Sweet, yeah. <laughs> Thematically relevant,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we oh.
0: Find everything that I do on my website, santiagoramones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album. So if you'd like to hear that at some point, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me to hear what you have to say, and it lets others know what to expect, better than I could ever explain. I want to help the world have deeper conversations, so thank you for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I was in the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.